It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Featuring Joe Sweeney from Thinking Sideways Podcast and filmmaker Vincent Caldani. This is The Shocking Details. Hey there. Welcome to another episode of The Shocking Details. I'm Joe, joined as always by Vincent Caldoni. And this week we're going to continue with our, our, our series of mountain stories. We're on, a, we're on a mountain story kick right now. I don't know why, uh, but, uh, but you know, uh, I was thinking about hell? it. I think what I like about it is that it's, it's, it, it's actually pretty cool today, but it's been so hot that like yeah. maybe like being up on a frosty glacier appeals to me, even if I'm being stalked by the, by the gray man. Yeah. I think when you were, when you were actually researching and writing this one up, it was kind of hot. It's weird. It has cooled down sharply here in PDX uh, the past couple of days. And now suddenly it's like, yeah. Yeah, actually, my furnace, my furnace came on today. Believe it or not, yeah, whoa, yeah. that's crazy. I know. Well, tell us about this uh, this this mountain story of yours. Okay, so um, we're going to talk about uh, Yevgeny Mikhailovich Abalakov. He Ooh, was a Russian, a really I bet. talented. He's Russian, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's definitely Russian. Uh, extremely talented guy. He. Um, was his two big claims to fame in life was that he was an artist, he was a sculptor, and he was also just an absolute rock star in the world of Soviet mountaineering. Um, mm-hmm. At the time he died, he may have been the most uh, gifted mountain climber in the world. I think that's a fair claim he would be able to prescribe to, and uh, that was in the life of Sir Edmund Hillary at the yeah, same time. Right. So yeah. uh, he, he was the, he was a cool guy, um, and, and and you have to just you know think about the context of the times, right? This is uh, you know they don't have all the gear, all the fancy gear. Oh no, and, you know we're medical like, equipment, and we're talking like like you know wool. Wool clothing and yeah. canvas coats and canvas yeah, backpacks exactly. with 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 metal or steel or wood frames mm-hmm. and you know stuff like that leather yeah. boots and yeah well, it, it goes beyond that a lot of the mountains that Yevgeny climbed he was mapping them as he climbed them yeah so he they had didn't no even maps. really have maps yeah uh-huh. exactly yeah. oh I know yeah um, so that's it's pretty wild to be doing that but you know he still uh, it was uh, an extremely respected mountaineer. Yeah, what they pulled off, though, what he and his friends pulled off, is really pretty impressive when you consider what they had to work with. But, uh, but also, but, but what happened? What's also remarkable about him, besides his many talents as a sculptor and a climber, is uh, his death, which was, well, a little hanky. Um, it's it's considered uh, suspicious, you know, and uh, yeah, mysterious even. So, okay, we're going to go back. We're going to take it back to March 24th, 1949. And Yevgeny Abalikov gets found dead at his friend's place. Um, he had a homeboy there with him, and that guy also didn't fare so great that yeah, night. He passed away, not, too. 
Yeah, and the homeboy is not not the buddy's place. The guy who had but the the apartment that yeah he brought a friend over. Yeah, just, yeah. So basically, just to, be clar- just to clarify, yeah, yeah, it gets a little confusing, but yeah, and we'll get into it more. But Evgeny brought his friend over to a different guy's apartment, and Evgeny and the friend he brought over both passed away because of a gas leak. Yeah, and I mean that's the official story. You know, it, it came at a weird time. Guinea was just about to form a team to be the first ever to conquer Mount Everest. Mm-hmm. And he was huge in the Soviet Union at the time. He could be seen yeah. as like Yuri Gagarin, as the Yuri Gagarin before space travel was invented. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yuri Gagarin was pretty huge there for a little bit. But yeah, yeah well, this is before Yuri Gagarin, but he kind of was like that in, in, yeah. in Soviet culture. He was in newspapers and on the cover of magazines and signed autographs even. So mm-hmm. he was, you know, he was yeah. a mountain climbing superstar. Yeah. He also had been a, a war hero and had been a part of different government missions. And some people think that he had quite a bit of top secret knowledge up there in his brain. But we're going to talk Maybe, about that. Yeah. And obviously, if the guy if the guy is a megastar in the Soviet Union, that would that would just recall this is the time of Stalin, and he didn't like he didn't like competition. So that's maybe, true. That's true. Well, and there have been some dark intimations that perhaps Stalin might have had something to do with his death, but we're going to save that for theories. But no, yeah, we'll definitely hang on to that. Yeah. So let's go back to him, uh, Yevgeny. He came into he came into this world on February seventeenth, nineteen oh seven, in yeah. In Yanisai, and by the way, forgive my pronunciation, but uh, but it's, it's, this is in the Krasnoyarsk region of Yanisai, and uh, which I believe is in Siberia, correct? So I'd have to look it up to see if it's technically in Siberia. It's in the part of Russia that most Americans would definitely call Siberia. So it may have been Siberia adjacent. Sorry, I don't have the map in front of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm not sure exactly where it begins <laughs> either. But I know you want to stay <laughs> yeah. out of it. I hear, but uh, especially when it's cold. And his, his family had a big a big family history, which claimed that they were descendants of Yermak's crew. And Yermak, of course, being the guy who conquered Siberia for Russia way back in the 16th century, which I hear is a pretty wild story, by the way, right? But yeah, I mean, yeah, think about that. You know, people did all sorts of crazy crap a couple of centuries ago. We just can't imagine today. <laughs> but but, uh, but uh, they had, according to the Soviet secret police, that was not true. Um they claimed that his mom was actually from a rich ship owning family. And as for his dad, they weren't really too sure about his profession, um, but uh, it could have been something shady. I don't know. But so anyway, it doesn't really matter. Um, you know, nah, it's not super important. They're descended from Yermak or not. Who cares? You know, but yeah, he was still certainly. a talented guy. I mean, yeah. No, yeah, for sure. I, we could almost do an episode on Yermak's crew. It actually just was so fast. It was so weird. I kind of fell down the rabbit hole reading about that. Uh-huh. But we don't need to worry too much about his. his heritage. Um, Yevgeny had two brothers, Vitali and Mikhail, and they all grew up together in Krasno- Krasnoyarsk. Krasnoyarsk, I believe. Krasnoyarsk. I've been practicing it too. Krasnoyarsk. Yeah. Krasnoyarsk. Uh, yeah. But uh, they didn't have a lot to keep him entertained out in the, the Siberian wilderness. Oh, so. Surprisingly, yeah. And so they made the mountains. Uh, they lived nearby some mountains and they made that their playground. And yeah. these guys were, they were daredevils. Uh, they would climb way up these mountains, uh, you know, just really with like their own gumption. They didn't really have uh, like climbing equipment to speak of. They didn't have ropes. They didn't have belts. They just had their their skills, and they would get mm. way up these mountains. Crazy they were, Russians, they were wild man. men. Oh yeah, no, I, just, uh, I can't help. I can't help but kind of like them. You know, I mean, the ones who, who do oh, things yeah. like 
like take little Fiat like cars and, and put put tank treads underneath them because they want a, <laughs> a, a cool snow vehicle for I mean, they, all kinds of yeah, fun yeah. stuff like that. They're they're always doing they're always doing wacky stuff. And so anyway, the, so the brothers were mountaineers in 1925. They packed their bags and head to Moscow for some higher education. Vitaly went uh, went for chemical engineering. While well, Yevgeny, the artsy one, went to the Surikov Art Institute, where he learned sculpting from the famous Vera Mujina, who I have never heard of, actually. And she's famous, I'm sure. But, I, looked, uh, I looked her up. She's, she was a, a, did a lot of public art in the early days of, of the Soviet Revolution. Back, mm-hmm. to, uh, back to Yevgeny, though, while he was at the Art Institute, he also took some mountaineering classes, you know, which is, sounds fun. He was so used sculpting by day and climbing by night, or I guess on the weekends or something. Right, well, he probably wasn't climbing by night, but yeah. So yeah. let's uh, fast forward to uh, once more. Now it's 1931. And Yevgeny, Vitaly, and Vitaly's wife, Valentina, they decide that they're going to conquer several mountain peaks in the Caucasus that had never been summited. No one had mm-hmm. ever all the way been up to the top and at least or had documented it. And so it was uh, first for Soviet climbers. And I think it might have been the highest a woman had ever climbed at that time. I wasn't able oh, to really? confirm that, but wow, I believe cool. that that would have, yeah, that would have been a uh, something of a triumph for womankind. Mm-hmm. Um and of course, again, yeah, this is so, this is this is uh, Stalin's time. So, we, so anytime Russians did something really cool, and you know, it was a big deal. You know, they they got you know because hey, we want to show the world that Russians do everything bigger and better, right? And they were great propaganda for for the Soviet Union. They were good looking. They had, took a really fun photo of them on top of the mountain, looking all fired up to be there. So it's uh-huh. <laughs> cool stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. In 1932, Yevgeny graduated from the Surikov Institute. Uh, he was uh, out in the world hanging a shingle as a sculptor, and he actually had a pretty bright future, most people thought. Um, you know, there was public art being made at the time, and uh, he had a style that people liked, and he was saying, um, nope, I'm going mountain man. Mm-hmm. So instead of pursuing the arts, full-time anyway, he joins the Soviet Academy of Sciences and becomes what was at that time a pretty new job, a professional mountaineer. Sounds like, sounds kind of cool. Kind of like Sylvester Stallone in uh, Cliffhanger, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's exactly like that. So uh, yeah, he, he, he was, he pledged to climb for science and sport and- Mm. I think for Yevgeny, it was all about that thrill-seeking and adventure in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so he was out. Yeah, no, I mean, some people go just go nuts over that stuff. I'm not sure why. I'm not, I've not really been into mountaineering myself, but um, you know, <laughs> uh, it's a lot of work, really, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, but all right, so let's see. Uh, so his um, uh, Yevgeny at this time was a 26-year-old grad student at Surikov Institute, and he went and conquered Stalin Peak. Which is today called Ismail Simoni Peak. It's in uh, Tajikistan. This had never mm-hmm. been submitted, or uh, God damn it, <laughs> this mountain had never been summited. It's a huge mountain. It's it goes it's it's twenty four thousand five hundred ninety feet in height. So that's pretty damn big. That's nowhere near nowhere near Everest, I don't think. But you know, still, that's a honking big mountain, and nobody had ever climbed that thing. Oh, and by the way, I want to tell you about Stalin Peak too. Um, yeah, you should. Yeah, it, it is. At that time, it was the tallest mountain in the USSR. Um, still the tallest mountain in Tajikistan, but uh, it's, I think they broke out from the USSR, if I recall correctly. Yeah, um, so no longer the tallest mountain in the in Russia. But uh, its record-setting height was actually first established only in 1928. They didn't actually know for sure, for sure exactly how high it was. And so in 1933, it was named Stalin Peak because, of course, everybody wanted to suck up to Stalin. It's like this is the tallest mountain. So who are we going to name it for? Well, who else but our our, our beloved, awesome leader, right? 
<laughs> but here's the fun yeah, part, man. though, is, is that after Stalin's death, Nikita Khrushchev took over and embarked <laughs> on a de-Stalinization program. So the mountain was renamed Communism Peak in 1962. Ah, I like that. What, what an inspiring name, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> Commie Peak. Uh, and then, but then it kept it kept that name until 1998 when the current name was adopted. But mm-hmm. so it's uh, it's been through a few iterations here. Yep. I don't know. I, I don't know. Actually, I think I think Stalin Peak actually sounds better than Communism Peak, if you ask me. Even though I'm not a fan of Stalin, obviously. But uh, yeah, they should probably name it something Tajik. I mean, it's one of those things like they already had a name for it. We didn't need to name it after somebody else. Uh, it's like Mount yeah, Hood. exactly. Like, they already had a name for Mount Hood, and they came by and named it after a guy who never came to Oregon. Or mm, right. Know about it. Anyway, oh, um, so yeah. hang on to your crampons, though, because remember, this is only Evgeny's second year as a pro climber. He's just kicking yeah. off. And in later that year, he the, he was part of a 12-person expedition led by Nikolai Petrovich Gorbanov, and they they faced a lot of problems up on the mountain. This was kind of like a cursed uh, mission to climb. Uh, this is this, this is not- this is not Stalin Peak. This is a different one. No, no. This is on. This is on Stalin Peak. The Stalin I, Peak. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they didn't have like they didn't have like oxygen or anything like that. They were just like, oh, no one right? did. It. Not back then. I don't think it was even invented. They were just going up there. Yeah, crikey. I mean, how did they survive? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, huh? not all of them did. That's kind of the trick. Yeah. Well, yeah. But yeah, even even by the standards of the time, their gear was out of date. It was ancient. Gorbanov, uh, he just didn't really know about high altitude climbing and the dangers it presented, like with oxygen. Mm-hmm. Uh, their training was just just kind of sketchy. And so this guy, I don't really know how to say his name, so I'm just going to take a wild crack at it. Yumbai Irael, uh, mm-hmm. he was one of the porters. I don't know where he, where he was from, so that's why I haven't been able to figure out how to say Probably his name. Probably Tajikistan, most likely. I believe he would have like been Tajikistan. Yeah. yeah, he would have been a Tajik. But I, anyway, um, so this 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 Jumbai guy takes a nosedive off of a cliff out of the healthy zone and into the not super healthy zone. Yeah. Yeah, gravity was, will do that to you. Left, yeah, yeah kind of deadish. And worst of all, he took some of the, he took a bunch of their gear with him. Damn it! Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. And it just is. It all kind of goes south from there. There's this guy Nikolai Nikolayev. Uh, he was the head of the Moscow Climbers Federation. He actually had a mishap and fell down the slope. He was injured really bad, but he lived. And others got banged up. Altitude sickness was a real problem and one of them even had a heart attack yeah. i'm guessing brought on by altitude sickness no doubt so yeah. it was it was a pretty messed up trip but not for yevgeny because he just uh you know he was all booyah baby i love it he kicked it up a notch <laughs> uh, everybody else was all like oh that hurts and he was doing exercises on the mountain like it was his personal gym <laughs> and uh, yeah, and making entries in his diary because yeah, he had a diary which eventually was published. I think in the 1960s, it was a bestseller. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, so they're hiking through a couple of a couple of glaciers. They're called the Fenchenko and uh, Bivochny glaciers. I don't expect those names to mean much to you because they don't mean a lot to me either. But uh, they're heading yeah, east to reach the peak at an altitude of 6,900 meters on August 30th. Put up their tent. They marked it as their last stop before the final push to the summit, and then. A nasty snowstorm hits, which happens on mountaintops, and lasted for mm-hmm. four freaking days. Oh, I would have, I would have turned around a long time chance. before myself. I probably would have, <laughs> yeah, you know, I would have said probably it's, days it's before. Done. This, 
this sucks. <laughs> yeah, sorry, guys. See you later. Yeah. yeah. So finally, on September 3rd, the weather clears up. Uh, they'd basically been stuck inside their tents, hoping not to freeze to death. And then that's when uh, Yev, that's what I call him. We're close like that. We're, yeah, we call, sounds we call good. Him, okay. Yeah. Calls me Vinny. I call him Yev. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's like, comrades, it's go time. Yeah. Here's the thing. The only guys well enough to make the final ascent are Gorbanov himself and Yevgeny, just two guys uh-huh. out of the 12 people that left. Mm-hmm. They, the others can't travel. They're, they're stuck at, at base camp. Yeah, one, so, of them's, one of them went over a cliff and once had a heart attack. And he probably, I assume he died from his heart attack, right? And, yeah. I believe so, yes. That's got to be demoralizing, you know? And Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, and then more of them had to turn around. Yeah, it was the whole trip was a disaster. And um, Gorbanov and Alabakov, Yevgeny, they decide that they're going to try to get up there. And they're only 500 feet from the summit when Gorbanov's feet decide they've had enough. They have taken up residence in <laughs> Frostbite City. Oh, yeah. And, it, you know, Gorbanov actually seems like he was a pretty tough guy. He was really terribly frostbitten and he literally couldn't move. Uh-huh. And, wow. um, yeah. Our boy Evgeny, instead of helping his friend, is like, nope, I'm going to keep trucking. I'll be back, guy. I'll pick you up on the way down. Yeah. <laughs> it just leaves him there, yeah. which now that I think about it, it's maybe not the most. He probably should have just take, made sure his friend got back safe. Probably. Um, but yeah. it took him five hours to go just 1,500 feet up the side of the mountain. That's how bad it was. Yeah. But the whole time, he's he's lugging this this weather meter thing that the government asked him to carry out there. It weighs 66 pounds. Holy he crap. basically goes- I know he didn't drop that. I would have been like, that'd been the first thing in my pack. Be like, get your own I would have been like, oh, oh, yeah, you know, actually, after the porter went over, I would have, I would have chucked it over the same cliff and said, oh, too bad the porter was carrying it and he, he already, <laughs> ah, <yeah. laughs> you know, it's right. Yes. 66 I mean, pounds, you, that's a lot of, that's a lot of damn weight. But, oh, yeah. when you're up on a mountain where the air is thin, the weather's bad. It's, it's, I looked at the, the snowfield he crossed. It's really steep. That's why it took him so long. Yeah. But he locked this stupid thing up there and it worked. That gave them the information well, they good. wanted. So, uh, well, uh, yeah. Worked, you know, seriously, because, yeah, what's really sucked to go through all that and, and the stupid thing doesn't even work, you know? <laughs> I just, I just picture this poor man with this big chunk of Soviet steel on his back beeping. Oh, uh, man. Wow. But, yeah, so, but yeah, he made it up there and the machine worked and he did get back down and carried Gurbanov down on his back. Yeah. That's how tough Yevgeny Abalakov was. Tough, but I mean, the guy had um, um, the guy had a lot of energy, you know. I mean, more yeah. than most of us would yeah. have, you know. It's just, yeah, almost supernatural. Uh, the whole climb was was kind of actually kind of political, but driven by by Stalin, Leninist Stalinist spirit, you know. Mm-hmm. But for for Yev, it was all about the sport and the science, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, and he was the only guy in the the entire crew who actually summited the mountain. And the whole time he actually stuck to the mission, besides carrying that weather machine, he kept drawing maps um, as his, you know, they, apparently the mission had been funded by by the Soviet government. And uh, mm-hmm. and so they had requested that, that he, you know, that he bring back some accurate maps. And apparently they were actually really well drawn and very accurate. Um, and But he stuck to that the entire time when most of us, frankly, especially me, would, would have just turned back and said, screw just this. It's, right. it's remark- yeah. It really is remarkable. But um so he did it not just not just for the Soviets, but for 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 the love of mountains and the love of science. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that for this epic feat. The Soviet government uh, rewarded Yev with a sweet 105 rubles and 11 kopecks wow. cash money. Yeah, just that's just not a lot of cash money. It's uh, uh, back in those days, it was probably a, probably a decent amount of cash. Apparently, it was like about half a half a salary for a well paid worker at the time. 
And after years, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, so I not mean, a fantastic know. sum, but oh well. Yeah. No, but it was it was something. I mean, like it, it was a reward. But yeah, yeah. I probably. Better, I mean, yeah. obviously, Yev didn't do it for the money. But no, no, they did better than that though. They they actually crowned him the quote merited master of mountaineering unquote. That's a title. What a title, the merited master. <laughs> 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 I'm sure it sounds better in Russian. I'm sure it does. Uh, I think it sounds awesome in English. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but even with all his luck and skill, Abulikov uh, had some rough climbs. So, um, I, I, you know, I, I'm sort of fast forwarding through his career because this guy climbed a lot of mountains. He did a lot of stuff. Yeah, but well, I did want to highlight. Should, should go through some of that and get to his get to his actual suspicious death at some point. But, you know, and it's, it is interesting to hear about this. Oh yeah, no. It's, 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 the guy was interesting, and I'm sure you know most most people have never heard of him. In fact, I had never heard of the guy until you dug him up. So, so let's see what else he uh, back to the, the the other side of his life, which was sculpture. Uh, he was he got himself into the artist union of the USSR and whipped up like over 300 sculptures, paintings, and drawings, which is kind of amazing. He he did a sculpture of two mountaineers, a man and a woman, which uh, was in one of Moscow's most popular parks for over half a century, um, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I'd like to have my my work on, you know, like, well, what a podcast, I guess, doesn't make sense, but but on display at a public park for you know, uh, <laughs> right, that, right, yeah. And apparently, though, it's I don't know if it's still there or not. It had by 2012 decayed, was was almost gone. But it's uh, but you have a son, Alexei. Uh, who is an artist too, redid the sculpture. And so I guess it's still there, I think. Yeah, I, I believe it is. I, I could not find it on like Google Earth or whatever, but it, it, the, I did find a newspaper article saying they'd put it back. What I don't know is if he just rehabbed it or if he actually totally remade it. Yeah, Because I, I guess know. what it was made out of, it was, de- it was decaying from being outside for oh, you know, I wonder what yeah, I wonder what the hell it was made of. Hopefully it wasn't plastic. Yeah, I don't know, maybe. actually. Yeah. I didn't I didn't I didn't actually get to the bottom of that. Um um Alexei rebuilt it. Yeah. And in nineteen forty one, Yevgeny volunteered for the army. He actually was on the front lines, um, basically as part of this mission to guard Moscow from a potential invasion. Uh until around August of nineteen forty two when it became clear that they were uh the enemy was had been fully expelled from the Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. After that, he packed his bag for the Caucasus and he joined the the army's climbing squad. Together with uh his fellow climbers, they held down the fort in some key fighting positions establishing these mountain bases uh that were I don't know, like it's a big deal at the time. Mm-hmm. He got two medals for his bravery. Not yeah. one but two. So the guy's the guy's just a hero all the way around and there was a rumor, and I don't know how true this is, you know, because um, it doesn't quite make sense to me, actually, but there was a rumor that he knew the, the locations of some top-secret uranium mines uh, used, of course, for making nuclear weapons. So, yeah, um, maybe. I, yeah, I don't know. But just, you know this is, so I, I had no idea if he was that high up, you know, if he was that trusted or, you know, if his skill set really made him mm. the kind of person that there, there were claims that he actually prospected while he was up in the mountains for uranium and other minerals. But I don't know when you're busy climbing up no these mountains, idea. I don't know how much time you have to really stop and, you know, take core samples or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but Vitaly was a, of course his brother was a climber too, but he kind of stayed more in the, in the shadows, uh, in the background. He was, he was not, uh, he never really got the kind of publicity and adulation that you have got. And, he was he was supposedly kind of a, a more cynical, kind of harsh person, but um, 
but anyway, Vitaly, and we're only saying this because that comes up later in theories about Vitaly, but he back. was definitely, yep. definitely in his brother's shadow, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. you know, of course that happens. You right. know, if your brother's a superstar, well, you are kind of by definition going to be in a shadow. I mean, I guess. Yeah, right? that did yeah. happen. Yeah. Yeah. So what's Yev going to do next? What, what is there left for him to do? Uh, he said he was going to climb Everest. And a lot yeah. of people thought he would he would do it. Now, but you have to understand, back then, they didn't have things that we have now, like portable oxygen. They mm-hmm. didn't have the same kind of lightweight uh, jackets and stuff. Climbers even often stitched their own backpacks and such. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so keep that in mind when I say that, you know, obviously Everest, tallest peak in the world, it's, you know, it's the final boss level. Uh, but Yevgeny yeah. said he was ready to tackle it. And he uh, started yeah. forming a team with the help of the Soviet military to try to pull this off. And maybe he could have done it, you know, I mean, even uh, without oxygen. I mean, there are people who I, I've heard climb, mm-hmm. have climbed Everest without oxygen. Yeah, uh, Reinhold kind of Mesner yeah. did it more than once. I believe yeah. that's what his name was. He was an Austrian climber. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it happens very often, most of those people. I no. guess I, I guess the whole mountainside is just littered with empty oxygen bottles. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But uh, anyway, that that I, I don't know if you're if you're looking towards the theory again, we're not going to go deep into it. That um, that maybe uh, Stalin or somebody high up in the in the, the USSR would have wanted to bump him off when he starts assembling his his super super elite team for this 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 mission. Maybe somebody thought was, was thinking, hey, you know, wouldn't this mountain climbing expedition up Everest be a great cover story for assembling a super elite commando team or something like that? Something like that, yeah, you know. But anyway, so so he's putting together it, uh, putting that together. But uh, twist of fate. Worked on it for a long time too. I mean, he worked on this mission for for years. Yeah, yeah. And so finally, in March of 1948, the Geographical Society Congress, uh, Yevgeny announced that he had the go ahead that he would do not just climb Everest, but that he was going to start at Genghis Chokusu. Two months later, go up K2, and the next year, 1949, he would go for the Big Daddy Everest itself. Yeah. So that's alas. pretty cool. But alas, uh, the, the, the day Last after, what happened the day after that that announcement? <laughs> Nothing good. On March yeah. 24th, Yevgeny Ab- Abalikov and his pal Yuri Artyshevsky were found lifeless on the bathroom floor of their friend, both of their friends, Grigory Belikov's communal apartment. So in, they were in dead Moscow. on the bathroom floor a day later in Moscow. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. After, yeah. This is interesting. I mean, um, so the, yeah. So let's see. The official version was that uh, he was he, he and his friend died of good old gas poisoning, just an accidental gas poisoning from a leaky joint in a water heater, and apparently, so the water heater, I guess, was in was right there in the bathroom. I, right? The nearest I can tell. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that sounds a little fishy. <laughs> yeah, there were six other people in that apartment, and none of them died. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and none of them died from this gas leak. So you know, it seems a little odd that these two people died. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of odd about the gas leak. The official theory about the gas leak. Whole, well, see, it's not just that. It's like the whole story is weird. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's just try to get the like just get the picture of how this night went. That 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 uh, Yevgeny and his friend died. Balikov, he owns the apartment. He's actually about to go to bed, him and his wife, and the doorbell rings. Who shows up? It's an army engineer and mountaineer that they both knew named Yuri Artyshevsky. And with him is none other than legendary climber Yevgeny Abalikov himself. And they have a barrel 
of wine. Apparently, mm-hmm. wine was sometimes sold this way in the Soviet Union. Yeah, I'm sure it's one of those, not one of those enormous casks that you see. I'm sure it was something a little smaller. Yeah, I picture like a yeah. pony keg. You know, yeah, like little, or, I don't know. yeah, or maybe even smaller than that. But uh, yeah. so anyway, they've got this barrel and they're like, let's have just a little bit of wine, not too much because uh, we, you know, we got to stay in shape and we're going climbing. So they hang yeah. out and have a little bit of wine. I think, I believe, I don't know this for sure. I think Balakov is starting to get tired by this point. It's getting late. Yeah. And so, they um they ask if they can use the shower. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know if this was like a, I don't know. It, I, I guess in Soviet times, showing up at a guy's house and asking to take a shower with your friend was not inappropriate. I don't know. So anyway. Yeah, that's it's a, that's strange. That's one of the odd things about this story. It makes you wonder if that really happened or not. Because we only have Balakov's so word for that, that particular thing. I mean, right? At, yeah, only Balakov. There's no other records of like anyone else in the apartment giving an official statement or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, their, their names aren't even announced. And so basically, the, so we're going with the official story. This is what happened. Balakov goes off to bed and Yev and Artashevsky go take a shower together. Yeah. And at some point, I don't really know what goes on. An hour later, Balakov heads to the bathroom. I guess he had to pee. I, I don't really know. That's usually what happens he, to me is I go to bed, I fall asleep, and I wake up an hour or two later and I got to go pee. Oh, it's just the worst. <laughs> so that's probably him too, right? Yeah. 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 He had some wine yeah. right before bed. That always gets yeah. me up in the night. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah so, so, so uh, yeah, he walks into the bathroom and he finds Yuri Artashevsky and Yevgeny Alabakov on the floor, totally dead. dead, no pulse, and the gas was on. So he presumes that the two men have been suffocated. He opens up the windows. I guess he turns the gas off. I don't really know because that's not part of the story. But like, it doesn't even really – I mean, it's so weird that there's a gas valve in the room anyway, but maybe mm-hmm. some departments were sometimes engineered kind of strangely. But then maybe the actually, question is why – if you wanted to take a shower, maybe it didn't. The, it was a water heater that didn't work 24-7. It just – if you wanted to, to take on. a shower, you had to turn it on and, and let it warm up for a while, and then you got to take your shower or your bath. Maybe that's the way it works, I, I, I guess. guess. But like – Yeah. You know – what, why Why did this kill the men? They were in this bathroom. It's filling up with gas. They don't open a window. They don't walk out the bathroom door. Yeah. I, I can't, you know, like there's no explanation at any point given here as to how you could even die that way. The moment yeah. you start coughing and feeling faint, you just, all you'd have to do is open the window. That's that's what Belikov did. He just yeah. opened the window and aired the place out. Yeah. And he was fine. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know. Um, we were talking about this earlier, but I, I know here in America these days, and I'm sure all around the world now, uh, they put a special additive chemical in gas to make it smell really bad. So you know, you'll know if you're if you've got a gas leak. I don't know if they did that back in those days in the Soviet Union or, Union or not. Maybe not. But uh, so you'd think they would have smelled it. But again, think. I don't know. But yeah. even if it wasn't scented, it's hard to imagine that both of them would have just fainted and just laid there. Yeah, well, yeah. So, so probably what would have? Well, I, I, you would think one of them would pass out before the other, and then the other one, the other one, like he's like, "Oh crap," you know, and he goes and opens the door, and you know, mm-hmm. and yeah, to tell the other guys, right. the people in the apartment, "Hey, call a doctor. He just passed out, or something like Start that." Start feeling you know? sick. And, You're yeah. not able to get a good breath of air, even if you weren't smelling it. You, you'd you know, the effects of gas poisoning don't happen that yeah. rapidly that you couldn't even get to an, to a door or a window. They were standing by the window. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah this bathroom's so. tiny, by the way. It's a really small bathroom. And mm-hmm. then you also get into why were these men taking a shower together? What, That's you know, like they weren't planning too. on spending the night. They were just stopping over to drink some wine and use the shower. Like, I guess. Maybe they were both naked and taking a shower because they were taking turns. Like, you know, they like you. Uh, yeah. 
one guy steps under the shower uh, under the shower head, gets all gets all wet, steps away and starts soaping himself up, and the other guy meantime wets himself down, steps out, and the first guy steps under and rinses himself off. You know, maybe that was a, they were doing it in a super efficient way because their friend asked them to make it as fast, fast, mm. fast as they could, so it, it didn't right. cost them too much money in utilities. Right, maybe, rent gas know. was at a premium at this time in, in the sure. Union. Yeah. It's also worth noting, you know, that um, both these were military men. They were probably used to showering in, you know, barracks and in kind of weird uh, places. <laughs> they may still, not be uncomfortable. Still, with that, it's a little weird that they just show up at midnight and want to take a shower. That's a little strange. But, it's uh, really you know. strange. Yeah, the whole story is really kind of strange. Yeah. No, none of it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Belikov said they weren't drunk. That was the other thing that some people wondered if they passed out, if they were just uh-huh. unconscious. But that doesn't seem to have been the case. I, I don't know. So um, we're going to talk about theories when we come back. Oh, yeah. Commercials. Right on. Yeah. See you in a minute, kids. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back. Time for a few theories about what exactly happened here. So two guys, one of them a famous uh, official hero of the Soviet Union, found dead in a bathroom floor for mysterious causes. So let's see, how many theories? We've got several theories about it. Um, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Let's see. You want? You got a, a, any particular theory that you like, Vincent? No, but I want to start with the official version. Oh, okay. Yeah, gas Because it's dumb and no one believes it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all I can really say, I tried to find something to support the official version. I mean, this is one of the, I think, one of the worst official versions we've ever had. Yeah. So, but, but I wanted to find something about it. And we kind of talked about how, like, wouldn't they just walk out of the bathroom if they started feeling woozy or whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I got a feeling that probably in uh, in the Soviet Union at that time, probably gas leaks were not actually all that uncommon. No. And if no, they had started not feeling sick, they probably would have thought, hey, I wonder if there's a gas leak. We should probably get out of this room. Yeah, you know? open a, like it, it was so easy to, to get out of it. And, and yeah. again, they weren't asleep and apparently weren't even like drunk or anything. So, yeah. you know, yeah. it's hard to imagine, but maybe. But, yeah. uh, the only thing I can really say in its favor that we haven't said already is there was a 2013 investigation into the Kremlin files on Yevgeny and didn't find anything new that had been kept back. Um, so if the, the, it basically means one or two, one of two things, either Kremlin kept it out of even their own secret files, if they had an alter, ulterior motive, or they just went along with this dumb story. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, so maybe, so maybe the Kremlin had, which is possible, I guess, but there's another theory out there, which is that Stalin did it. Um, Stalin did it. Stalin did it not because personally. he did have a tendency to, personally. yeah, no, oh, of course not. But, uh. If he felt like a, a threat, maybe uh, you know he felt like yeah was just a little too a little too popular, and then people mm-hmm. just you know adored him just a bit too much, you know. And that he just thought you know mm-hmm. this guy's stealing some of my yeah. thunder, you know. I'm the only, I'm the yeah. only awesome. The person Yevgeny in the action Soviet figures Union. out selling the Stalin action figure. Uh-huh. I know, it's right? Go. <laughs> it's gotta uh, go. <laughs> yeah, but so Yevgeny's son uh, Alexei actually actually told tell has a different version of the story. He said that the bodies had a bluish tint to them and that gas poisoning wouldn't have done that. He's right. It wouldn't. It makes makes you have like rosy cheeks and lips, like a little 
doll or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he thinks uh, he thinks it's more like a classic case of potassium cyanide or hydrocyanic acid or you know some other type of poisoning. He thinks there might have been a struggle. And at the funeral, you have his wife, that would be uh, Alexei's mother, noticed something odd. It appeared to her that his entire chest and stomach were missing. They just basically hollowed Ooh. out the the abdomen, the abdominal part of his body. And uh, apparently he was dressed. I mean, so there wasn't this big gory mess or anything like that. But it, it appeared to her that, that they had removed everything from his abdomen and that there was some type of a frame uh, under his suit. Mm-hmm. And so- Maybe they maybe they removed all all the organs to um, to hide any evidence of poisoning, perhaps, and then just Possibly, you know stuffed yeah. a bunch of newspaper or something like that in there to you know to make it make him look normal. Yeah, um, they, they said it looked really rushed, like not well done, like that you could see the the bars of the frame underneath. Oh man, well, guys, just seriously, pretty, guys. Pretty I mean, <laughs> yeah, and apparently Balikov, the, the owner of the apartment they died in, it, it was there was a rumor that he had had experience with poisons from his, his days working in a, a lab for the NKVD. But you know, why would he poison them? I don't know. But <laughs> what motive would he have? Yeah. yeah. Now Balikov also later did a, a round of interviews, and he just he said that all the rumors about their death are just are just BS, and that he never worked with poison. And also point out he didn't have any motive to kill his friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alexei, he thinks his dad got taken out because state security folks had tried and failed to recruit him. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't really know about that. Um, so basically, they wanted to, you know, basically they wanted to get revenge on him. Apparently. And they wanted to arrest him, but they didn't have anything on him, so they took him out. Mm-hmm. Alexei, um, actually, for what it's worth, has kind of lived sort of almost as almost like a second version of his dad. He's also a sculptor and a mountain climber, and he's collected all his dad's stuff and wants to open this uh, museum in Krasnoyarsk. Uh, uh-huh. Back to the hometown, yeah. yeah. I still don't, though, totally get what, what Stalin, even in Stalin's mind, would have had against him that would have been worthy of death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't know either. It does make a lot of sense, uh, right? Yeah. So there was there was one person, uh, one Andre uh, Sukhamlinov, who believed that the state bumped it, bumped Yev off because he knew too much. Again, hard hard to establish this. Hard to really prove it. But uh, but uh, Yev was up in all these post war mountaineering expeditions, and supposedly he was on the sly searching for secret mineral resources up in them our mountains. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so maybe. Uh, you know, that could actually be a reason why. Maybe it was just sheer anger. They were just angry because they kept funding his expeditions and they went saying, you know, dude, find <laughs> us some, find us uranium, some uranium. And he never did, you know. And so they're finally like, okay, you ripped us off. We're going to kill you. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, well, yeah. so, okay, I'm going to go off script for a second here, John. Sorry yeah. to surprise yeah, yeah. you because I wasn't going to actually mention this. I got into this story because there has been a long-running theory that um, Yev – had discovered evidence of crashed flying saucers or something like that. Nice. Um, yes. Yeah, and that that's what Stalin needed to take him out for. Problem is that I could not find anything to back, even the slightest, tiniest sliver of things to back that up. But I thought I thought I'd I thought I'd mention it while we were while we were at it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, typical of those stupid aliens to crash into a mountain though. That's yeah, they do stuff like <laughs> they that. They just hit the but... side of the mountain and Yev was like up there trying to do mm-hmm. some uh, mountaineering and was like, What the heck's that thing? Uh huh. Yeah, I don't know. That's uh, but yeah, why you know, I mean if he wasn't if he didn't actually I don't think there's any record that he told anybody about finding a UFO or pieces of a UFO. No. 
Well, I mean, so, not, I mean, I know. guess the Kremlin would have suppressed that. Maybe he told Artashevsky. <laughs> yeah, it is worth noting that that at least two other prominent mountaineers died mysterious deaths, not while mountaineering, around the same time. And mm-hmm. so there was this this theory, even at the time, that Stalin was purging mountaineers. Well, yeah, maybe but I don't like, know why. Uh, well, I mean, if um, maybe he suspected some sort of a conspiracy, because this is right, right when uh, Yev announces that he's uh, going to put together an expedition for Everest, and uh, and he's recruiting, you know, people with military experience to be part of his elite squad that, that's going to summit the mountain. And maybe Stalin formed this idea uh, that you know that these guys were actually secretly planning a coup. Um, so yeah, again, I'm going a little off script, so I hope I get everything right here, but. I had the thought that maybe Stalin had had some paranoid delusion or maybe some intel, good or bad, that Yev was going to um, defect mm-hmm. and make him look bad. Because mm-hmm. he would have to, to go to Everest, he would have to get papers to go through British India. Mm-hmm. Oh, good point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it could have been I that. I don't know. I, I it, don't really have a good answer for you on that. But that's yeah, yeah. one thought I had, is that mm-hmm. since he was leaving the country and heading to uh, you know the other side of the Cold War's area to do his work that maybe he wasn't planning to come back or at least saw stalin thought that maybe the uh, maybe the brits actually fed him a little fed stalin a little disinformation because the germans uh as i mentioned to you pre earlier uh yeah you did they actually pulled this stuff with uh, with stalin in the years before world war ii and even during i think they used disinformation fake documents whatever to convince stalin that some of his most effective generals were actually disloyal to him and yeah. it worked actually. Some of these, some, because of because of German intrigue, Stalin purged some of his best generals. Clever them. <laughs> so what if the Brits are all like, "Oh, he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna conquer Everest," you know? And it's like we can't have that. We want a Brit to be the first to do that. So we'll right. we'll, we'll 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 send a few fake documents. We'll uh, convince Stalin yeah. that Yev is is gonna defect, and then. Stalin just won't Stalin give him won't exit. Him go. Yeah, he won't let him out of the country, and then you know that'll reserve <laughs> Everest for us. And uh, instead, Stalin takes it a little bit further than just not letting him out of the country. Instead, hey, bumps him that's off. The best know? theory I've heard so far. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So yeah, but yeah. I do want to talk about the 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 sort of botched investigation into Yev's death. Yeah, uh, it it only started a couple months. After the incident, so by then, like whatever, all the evidence in the bathroom was totally lost. Uh-huh. Um, they just obviously were not in a hurry to just jump on this. And the only reason they went with the gas leak thing is because, and, and in an interview, that's what the ambulance crew said. Said, yeah, uh-huh. definitely a gas leak. And that was there. That was they put it to bed after that. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. There was no forensic exam. He already was in the ground when they started investigating. And the official inquiry results, they're missing. Uh-huh. They were either uh-huh. lost, destroyed, or I think most likely never even created. There was not really a formal inquest into the death of this and so very there, famous person. So there's never an autopsy. Um, no. And, and yet they and it appears from what his wife said, they, it looks like they might have removed all of his internal organs. Hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, but yeah. that would have been done at the mortuary, not not necessarily an official investigation, because the investigation, unless I'm wrong here, unless I misread something, the investigation hadn't even started at the time uh-huh. they had the funeral. Yeah, weird. Yeah, that's yeah. very weird. Yeah, yeah, actually, and and apparently his son and, and his widow Anna, um, or I should say Anna, I think, uh, she actually really it really nagged at her, and she uh, actually managed to somehow I have no idea how she actually arranged a meeting with Yuri Andropov. Who at that time was, you know, head of the KGB or, or close to it, and uh, and who later on would actually be, you know, head head of the Soviet Union for a little while. 
I don't know if you remember those days or not, but uh, and she straight up said to said to Andropov, at least her her version of it, says, "I don't buy this accidental death story." And Yuri Andropov uh, said back to her, "Well, we don't either." So yeah. that's interesting. So Yuri Andropov was saying the KGB doesn't think it was accidental either. Yeah, but that might be. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean they. He's say, admitting that they did it. He's just saying that you know we don't. You know, yeah. We don't. Yeah, we don't. We I wonder don't if that story's true or not. Like, I don't know a lot about Anna Abelokov. Maybe she made stuff up. But if that story is true, I think that's kind of says something. Yeah. So I do want to throw kind of a theory 2.1 out there. Yeah. Basically, this story would go that at some point, Abelokov, who did get exit visas to go to places like British India, that he had been um, basically hooked. By uh-huh. uh, the by, MI6 specifically is how this mm-hmm. rumor goes, mm-hmm. yeah. and maybe even had turned, and yeah. that the KGB got wind of it, so he had to get gone. Mm-hmm. The problem yeah. is, in my research, I just could not find evidence for this. Yeah, you know? although you know, with Stalin again, it, it it only took mere suspicion. You know, I mean, it might That's have true. been, it might, right. it might be that he was spotted. He was spotting having a chat with somebody who worked at the British embassy, and mm-hmm. they were just talking about mountaineering or whatever, or the weather. And uh, mm-hmm. But it turns out that this guy is actually suspected of being like the, the local MI6 operative running you know, at, out of the embassy there. Right. And, uh, and so, therefore, suspicion and uh, time to kill the guy. Although still, you know, the, um, um, the thought that they would have, the KGB would have carried it out in this particular manner, I don't know. That's... They didn't do a very artful job of assassinating him, if that's if, if that's what it was, a KGB hit job. Well, I think that's a good segue to theory number three. Why don't you talk about Vitali? Vitali, yes. Uh, this has been raised that Vitali, his, his, uh, yeah, his brother, uh, was, uh, you know, he was, he was, some people were kind of suspecting him because they used to be, of course, like peas in a pod back in the days together, climbing mountains and... Uh, you know, and sharing sandwiches and vodka at lunchtime and everything. But apparently things did go a little sour between them when Yev became a superstar. So mm-hmm. there, there was a little a little sibling envy, envy there go, going on. It's rumored, it's said. Well, I mean, if you think about it, you know, Yevgeny was the whole package, right? Yeah. Yev is a climbing sensation, a brainiac, a sculptor who got his own art exhibitions. But Vitali, it's kind of the opposite. He had gone through some really rough times. He even went to jail for a while, and he had health problems. He had a terrible marriage, and he had he had to have a shocking 13 fingers and toes amputated due to frostbite Ouch. which basically took him out of the climbing game yeah kind of hard to kind of hard to climb that that cliff face cuz you got no fingers huh <laughs> wow. how did the guy like lift up a cup of coffee yeah um, oh man yeah actually this uh yeah i think yeah my grandfather my father's father ended up his life with about that many fingers between him from working in sawmills oh yeah <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, so uh, he, uh, you know, he didn't really have this this fallback career, and he was yeah. hurting. Yeah, poor uh, guy. and so there was a rumor that Vitali wanted to give him a bit of a comeuppance. Yeah, um, but the problem is, is I, I'm not sure about that myself because it's hard to imagine murdering your own brother just because he's doing really well and you're not. But um, also, exactly how did he how did he pull this off? Because he wasn't, where was right. he, you know, in the proximity to, you know, this apartment where their their bodies were found? Of course, I have no you know. idea. Yeah. Well, the other thing I tried to figure out is like, did he know um, Balakoff? Did him and Balakoff mm-hmm. um, conspire together? Because he pretty much would have had to, right? He yeah. would have had to go, at the very least, he would have had to go into the apartment. I can't really, you know, put that back together. This is a long time ago in a country that that is fairly opaque to us. But- you know, I will give the guy at least a little bit of a pass just in 
you know, in the benefit of the doubt. There's no evidence that he was even in Moscow that I can tell. I mean, he could have been uh-huh. back in Siberia. Yeah. So I think that is a little bit of a little bit of the problem. I believe the rumor goes that whoever killed them actually poisoned their wine. But mm-hmm. then it's like, why didn't it kill Balakov and his wife? They drank mm-hmm. the wine. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It, yeah it's, I was thinking about the poison wine, but yeah. Um, but uh, there's another theory out there, which is you want to tell us about this one? Balakov did it. Yeah. So he could he could actually have poisoned their wine. Um, you know, he could, he could have, actually yeah. put some poison in their wine glasses, right? Mm-hmm. He, could, yeah. he could have done that. Did he have motive to do that? Mm, yeah. <laughs> that's the problem. Not yeah. As- not as far as I can tell. They were friends. I, and maybe they had a falling out I don't know about. But then if they weren't getting along, why did Yevgeny just show up at his apartment? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, it does seem that there's at least a little bit of truth that Yevgeny was not expected. You know, that he just knocked on the door randomly. So friggin' Balikov didn't have time to plan this. It wasn't like they had, uh, you know, well, so he would have yeah. had to shoot from the hip. But he did sort of have opportunity. I mean, I think it's really all you can get into is that Balikov was the last person to see the two men alive and he discovered their bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he has always stood up for this gas theory that just does not make a lot of sense. So yeah. he's kind of caught. I think he's caught maybe caught in a lie right there mm-hmm. i just yeah. i just don't like why would he do this to yevgeny what i uh, yeah i don't i don't quite get it either yeah and also he he made up a really weird theory of the of the, the death where both of these guys decided to go into this room together and get naked together and take a shower together at the same time where they succumb to gas you know i mean that's right. weak that's really really weak you know i mean i <laughs> yeah. guess maybe that could go to that he was not a professional he wasn't he didn't think it through all the way yeah, I mean, maybe he was just mad at him for showing up at the apartment in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would have made up a story <laughs> like, sleep, yeah. you jerks, and he poisons them. Yeah, I, I would have made up a story like, okay, one of them wanted to take a quick shower, and then the other one suddenly, well, he's, he's his friend is showering. The other one suddenly realizes he needs to go poo really bad, so he yeah, slips right, in yeah. there. So in that case, he stayed when he staged the bodies. There's one is naked and one is wearing clothes, and that would have been a better story, I think. Um, but, um, As I researched yeah. this, the, the problem I had with the Balikov did it, and the problem I have that Vitaly did it, or, or really anyone, is that, you know, uh, in theory, right, if he didn't get Stalin, Stalin mad at him, then Yev is a hero of the Soviet Union. Yeah. So this hero of the Soviet Union is somebody who has died under mysterious circumstances. You'd think the government would want to find out what the heck was going on. Did, did the mm. CIA or the, I guess the OSS rub out uh, their great star climber did mi6 do it what mm-hmm. why was this man dead why did he die in such a weird way yeah. and from what i can tell they just didn't seem to care and that to me points the finger back to the soviet government mm-hmm. yeah but why and how i just don't freaking know yeah you know the thing about it is is, is uh, if if yeah was was planning on conquering everest uh yeah they, they stalin and, and everybody would have loved the hell out of that for yeah so the mm-hmm. first guy up to the top of everest is a rusky of course yeah, the Soviet yeah, Union like got that. up there two years before Edmund Hillary. Yeah, haha. Take that, Brits. <laughs> Take that. Capitalism. Yeah, that would have been great. Ha-ha. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and so, a lot yeah. of people thought he probably was going to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, including Edmund Hillary, by the way. Yeah, and so yeah, so I I don't I don't see I just don't see that anybody really had a motive to do him in. You know, it's weird. Well, maybe they had some sneaky Soviet gas in that bathroom. <laughs> 
Yeah, again, yeah, the gas the gas leak theory doesn't make a lot of sense either. But it I mean, just some, doesn't. I can't yeah. fit it together. Like, I want to be like, actually, this was just a sad accident, but it just doesn't fit. No, it doesn't work. Yeah, so I don't know. There's, well, you haven't talked about uh, Bigfoot yet, but um, anyway, <laughs> I, I do want to say about uh, Belikov. He's not totally forgotten. I think his his diaries were published in 1963, mm-hmm. and were a, were a big bestseller. Uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, it was called On the Highest Peaks of the Soviet Union. I have no idea if it's been translated to English or not. But all of our many Russian listeners. Sale, can, yeah, yeah, can, they can snag a copy and read it. But apparently yeah. it's never been out of print. And nowadays right. they host uh, rock climbing throwdowns and competitions in uh, Krasnoyarsk uh, to honor the Abalikov brothers. So that's cool. That is cool. It's just too bad we yeah. don't know exactly how or why Yev died. That's just friggin' yeah. weird. Yeah. No, and that's kind of why I kind of went on at length about his different climbing adventures. Is that I did want to honor this really awesome guy's life. Oh, yeah. You know, it, carried, yeah. yeah. Carried a sixty-six pound <laughs> thing up this mountain and carried <sighs> his friend back down it. Like that's a that's a cool guy. The guy was a maybe. The guy was not actually human. Maybe he was a friggin' Terminator. You know. Maybe that's <laughs> God, how he right? did it. You know. What do you think? Yeah. That would it's explain. True. They had to they had to remove his internal all all the the fancy internals. I oh, explain all the weirdness of the funeral. Soviet mountain climbing RoboCop. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, it could have been cyborg. Yeah, yeah. as you think about it, the guy was kind of a Superman. I mean, he really was. I mean, some of the stuff he did, like, and I, even some of the stuff I cut, like, he would just do these mountain trips where he would, they're not as impressive because there were peaks that had been climbed, but where he would just go from peak to peak to peak. He'd be like, oh, I'm going to do, I'm going to be the first guy to do seven peaks in a row. Uh, and he would yeah. just do it. Not even going to go home. Wild. And, not even going to go home and take a shower. I'm just going to go. Yeah, bam, 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 <laughs> go bam. Take bam, a shower bam. with my buddy. Yeah, and hell yeah, and so, yeah, the shower with the buddy thing that makes absolutely no sense either. I don't know about you, Vincent, but I last thing in the world I want to do is take a shower with another guy. I just don't <laughs> want to do it. Sorry, sorry, other guys, but. I know I just no, broke a lot I mean, of hearts out there, but no, I don't. I know want you're to making course. our listeners real sad, yeah, including me. But no, yeah. um, <laughs> I no, I no, I'm with you. I mean, it'd be one thing to say like, look, these guys are you know maybe a little more comfortable showering around each other after being in the military, doing all this mountain climbing and stuff. Different culture, different time, right? That it's not maybe, maybe the, yeah. those moors aren't exactly the same. But there's nothing to say. I'll wait outside while you go hit the showers. Yeah. And I will trade. Yeah, <laughs> just like that. Like, I yeah. think they could have. Just don't use I don't... up all the hot water, dude. You know, I don't know. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's really kind of, it's just weird. And we don't know if that's no, I mean, what it's... really happened. Now, well, we only have Belikov's word for it. That that's what so I did I did do a little bit of research and I was able to find Russians on I think the Reddit page for this saying no this would have been a strange thing and even in the Soviet Union Mm -hmm. to just show up at a guy's house around midnight with your buddy and be like "Uh, let's have a glass of wine and then we're going to take a shower together (laughs) like that would have been even in Soviet times that's not just a cultural misunderstanding there are Russians saying like this would have been pretty weird behavior. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. They're not that much different from us, you know? So, right. right yeah. It's, I mean, yeah. yeah, it's like, not like we're talking about China in the third century BC. Like these are, you, you know, it, yeah, basically like not so different from modern Russians. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, it's a, the whole story is just weird. There's something wrong here. Definitely. Yeah. Something's not yeah. quite right about this, but uh, yeah, again, finding the right suspects is like kind of difficult. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's why I that's I, I get that that the KGB and Stalin were kind of major suspects here. I get it. I, I really do. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, I think they so, did. I think they did something. I just don't know why they did it. I don't yeah. totally know how they did it and what they got out of it. I mean, near mm-hmm. as I can tell, the Soviet Union lost the uh, 
chance to say they they were the first on Everest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I well, they're good. Like I was saying, maybe maybe Stalin suspected some sort of some sort of military plot. You know, I don't know. It's, I think um, I think it I think it have to be. I think yeah, something Yev did probably unintentionally, honestly, got Stalin worried that he was a liability. Yeah, and he had to go. That that's yeah. all I can figure. I just don't know what. And I'd love it if, in those Kremlin files they looked into in 2013, there was like, oh, here he is. Mm-hmm. He met with this British climber who was a known spy. Like, I don't know, you know. Yeah, it could have been something like that. And that, uh, yeah. And so, and so, yeah. Um, Solid decided. Oh, he's 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 going. Or like I said, because of British disinformation deliberately planted, he uh, mm-hmm. decided. Oh, the guy's going to defect in British India. So I'll just have him bump instead and uh maybe maybe he and his friend were actually poisoned in a restaurant before they went over to that guy's apartment balakow's apartment and it Uh, just took a little while for the poison to kick in and then they get over there and then and they didn't take a shower they get over there and they keel over and die and when the ambulance Mm -hmm. shows up it's just like there's it's just some kgb guys who Drag them into the bathroom, pull their clothes off, and just say, "Oh, look at that gas leak!" You know, and then uh, they didn't even have to do that much, Joe, because there's not like there's photographs of the crime scene. This was so poorly investigated. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it could have even been as radically different as, um, you know, they got poisoned, they were sick, they made it to Balakov's house because they couldn't make it home. Maybe they were throwing up and died in the bathroom, and Balakov just had him hauled off and was told to keep his mouth shut. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Which apparently he did. He he stuck by the gas leak theory for the rest of his life, as far as I know. Which uh, makes yep. sense because you know, if you live in the friggin' Soviet Union, you probably know when to when to talk and when to keep your friggin' mouth shut. You know. So, <laughs> yep. But yeah, I would imagine. But yeah, the gas leak again. I'm sure it was not a gas leak, but still, it's it's a weird story. I can't yeah. make that play. I always yeah. try to give the official story some credit, and I just could not get that one to play. Mm, yeah. All right. Well, anyway, I'm all out of theories. So if you don't have anything more to add, I guess we should wrap this up. I think we really should wrap this one up. I think it is. We time. probably should. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, anyway, so the usual stuff. Uh, stay stay tuned to hear Tess tell you how to find us via email and on social media. Mm-hmm. And of course, please leave us a good rating and review wherever you download this podcast from. You know. Or, yeah, that really or, helps us. That like is a know, huge deal for us. We like that. Or, you know, if you just want to go on Facebook or Reddit or wherever and just talk about this awesome podcast that you really love and how, and how everybody should listen to it that's be, that'd be cool too yeah you know? actually really would be that's yeah, actually a really cool way because you know word of mouth i mean they find over and over again word of mouth is the way that podcasts spread you know mm-hmm. listeners oh, yeah. talk to other listeners so if you could do that for us i'd be super grateful yeah we both would be so all right and my cat would be too he would get better treats so okay oh, well don't you want to help <laughs> right. my cat yeah help all george right, folks so until next week, what's uh, uh, Vidonia. The Shocking Details can be found at www.theshockingdetails.com. We're on Twitter at Shocking Details. For discussion of episodes and more, our Facebook group is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Shocking Details podcast forward slash. Or you can email us at theshockingdetailspodcast at gmail.com. And if you like the podcast, please consider giving us a like and a positive review and letting people know about us.